This is Sam Edwards, proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network, surreyfarms.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. (laughs) We're sharing a microphone today. Um, And today we are going to be talking about cooking with cheese, which is a fun topic that we haven't broached before on the show, and we're really happy to have with us um, Sarah Main, who is actually the store manager at Saxelby Cheese um, now, but um, before she was with Saxelby Cheese and currently runs a really great website called RecipeRelay.com. And we also have Liz Spano with us, who is the recent winner of the Artisanal Grilled Cheese Competition, which I was very lucky to be a judge of um, last Wednesday, and her sandwich was amazing. So um, we're really excited to have these ladies with us today to talk about cheese. And it's also the final week of grilled cheese month. So we'll be definitely talking about cooking with cheese, but also heavy on the grilled cheese in, in celebration. So, um, yeah, if you uh, if anybody out there has great grilled cheese recipes or um, ideas, you know, for us um, in our in our cheese cookery, you can send us an email at info at heritage radio network dot com and uh, and share your recipes and they will find their way. They will find their way onto recipe relay or, uh, you know, the Saxelby cheese website. Um, so, yeah, the more creative, the better. Um, but so, well, let's start with you, Sarah. Um, recipe relay. Um, how did you start that uh, website? And what does it do? Um, I started Recipe Relay in 2010 with a friend who um, lives in California, and we share a passion for cooking. Um, And I had an idea to do a cookbook that was in my mind. I called it 33 Variations, where I do like a Goldberg variation except with food, where I would (laughs) like start with one recipe and just like change it all the way along, all the way along until I end up with something totally different. Um, but I thought it would take me like 50 years to do that because I don't have very much self-discipline. So in order to like, um, you know, give myself some accountability, I harnessed my friend and she's in California. I'm here. And we did it like across the country. I would cook recipe one week. She would take it and change either an ingredient or a technique the next week. And we just like ping pong it back and forth across the country. Um, and then last year we started roping in other people like from all over the world actually so um, now we do we still do one recipe a week it's not just me anymore or just me and Brianna Um, it's a whole like roundup of people and um, that's basically I mean it's really fun to see an ingredient progress like across like from England to New England to California and be like all different forms along the way so that's kind of like the point of the site is to see how creative you can get with the same same basic building blocks that's really really cool and well your most one of your most recent posts um was actually featuring a cheese that might not be I, I feel like you can find it across the country it's probably not the most 
findable ingredient, but goat cheese anyways is yeah. findable. So can you tell us about that recipe? Because that looked delicious. Yeah, it was actually, uh, it was one of those things where I thought it was going to be good. And then it turned out a lot, even much, you know, beyond my own hopes. But um, I made a gratin using a cheese that we carry at the shop called Cremant, which is made by Vermont Butter and Cheese. Um, and it was kind of a fortuitous accident because we had a whole like flat of six pieces that came in that would more look more like a puddle than like you know individual cheeses. So I got to like scoop a whole bunch into a bucket and take it home. And um, I paired it with uh, sautéed leeks, pinto beans, and uh, roasted potatoes, like roasted fingerling potatoes. And I just kind of like glopped the cheese on top and sprinkled some breadcrumbs on. And it was amazing because the dish was good before I put the cheese on, but when the cremant kind of melted through and permeated all those other things, it just took it to a whole other level. It was like gooey and crazy delicious. So it was really good. <laughs> That's awesome. So has anyone like done any variations on that recipe yet? Well, the interesting thing is that the person who's relaying off it, her recipe is going to go up on Thursday. Her name is Valeria Necchio, and she lives in London now. She's Italian, and she just got a job as a cheesemonger at Whole Foods in London. So she took home a cheese, a goat cheese, from her job. And so she's actually, not only are we reeling the ingredient, but also like the whole situation, which is kind of the funny. The recipe, or re- cheesemonger relay. Yeah, it's a cheesemonger <laughs> relay this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And how many iterations do your recipes typically go through? It depends. Like this is the, f- this recipe was the fourth like leek recipe in a row. Um, but now things have switched to baking and cheese. So like it just going off on another thing, like this summer we had like six carrot recipes in a row. Um, and I think the interesting thing with cheese for us is that a lot of people don't necessarily use it as a major, uh, ingredient in the recipes, but more like a spice. Mm. So like, especially I think people are drawn to using stronger cheeses in cooking and so they're maybe not necessarily always sure how to use it. So they sprinkle it on top or, you know, I want people to take that next step and really like permeate the dish with the cheese. <laughs> Which I feel like is the perfect segue to our next yeah. guest, Liz Spano, who has made a cooking, uh, a cooking career, really. I mean, a burgeoning cooking career um, out of grilled cheese sandwiches where cheese is definitely the focal point. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, how you got obsessed with grilled cheese and now what you do with your uh, with your passion? <laughs> well, I guess I pretty much started when I was like a kid. My mom used to make me, you know, just the regular white bread, craft singles, grilled cheese. But she used to just make it. Like, I remember so clearly. It's the most comforting food ever you know I mean who doesn't who doesn't like cheese I'd like to meet them um (laughs) but you know it's she you know she would so she would do do this and I remember she would always put like the the top of a pan like over the over the grilled cheese and it would just melt so much better than you know kind of just you know throwing the bread on the cheese And, and I just got so obsessed with like this ooey gooey and I loved it and cheese is always my favorite so you know, I don't know. I've always made them. Like, it's always just been the easiest thing to make. And then, I don't know, maybe about three years ago or so, I was just in my apartment with a friend, and we were hungry, and I had some bread, and I had some cheese, and I had some other things in my refrigerator that needed to be used. And <laughs> I said, well, let's make a grilled cheese. And we did that, and 
we did a few more and then it just turned into this thing that we called the grilled cheese experiment. And then I started just going out and buying all this crazy stuff and thinking that I could make grilled cheese out of, you know, and, and then <laughs> then it became a menu. Then it became, you know, me showing pictures of it to people and, you know, someone asked me to cater a party for them and that was it. I mean, that's kind of where it's at now, so... That's amazing. Well, I have to interject a story because my grandma June listens to every episode of Cutting the Curd and um, she used to make me grilled cheese sandwiches when I was a kid, except she had this amazing flourish where she would cut them into triangles, like small triangles, and then put a Cheeto in between each one and then they'd be butterflies and it was like the greatest thing in the world. So thanks, Grandma June. (laughs) Um, But your grilled cheese sandwiches now are certainly not the American cheese Variety. I'm taking a look at the menu that um, that you have for the grilled cheese experiment, and sympathy for the devil, for example, is white and yellow American bacon and peanut butter on country white. Yeah, <laughs> we have the Tom Sawyer, which is Taleggio fig jam and sea salt on a rosemary bowl, um, and then we also have the after midnight, which is raclette, cornichon, and stone ground mustard on sourdough, which is pretty similar to the one that we had at the grilled cheese competition. Um, actually, can you tell us about the one that, uh, that what inspired you to make the winning grilled cheese sandwich for the artisanal competition? Well, basically, you know, I'd had that recipe that I worked with and, you know, I done that for, I originally really wanted to kind of stay true to like what the classic dish was, which really is the potato and the cheese and the, you know, and the gherkin and some of the onions and, you know, it was it was I, I you know I did this for this event, and it it would have taken way too long to kind of put all that stuff together. So I did a quick one, and then I was thinking when this contest came up, well, I need to really you know stay true to the classic dish. And truth be told, the day that I actually sampled or I tried, I made the grilled cheese for the contest. It took me almost two hours from start to finish, from <laughs> preparing the potato to caramelizing the onions and whiskey and like. My friend that came over was like, okay, I'm starving. Where is this grilled cheese? It's coming. It's going to be worth it. It was so worth it. And then when I, you know, when I won the contest, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm so happy that we waited and we, you did it the right way. And I, you know, and I was like, well, obviously, you know, I had to make it perfect. So, but that was kind of, you know, that was the inspiration was, was really this classic Swiss raclette yeah, dish that, that I, that it was one of my favorites that I've been eating for forever. Love it. And so, uh, just so our winners know, I mean, we kind of rattled off the ingredients, but um, the the um, the winning grilled cheese sandwich. um, What was the name of it? The drunk, Um, the drunken raclette. Yeah, I I typically will name all of my grilled cheeses after classic rock songs, but I wasn't sure if Chef Terrence Brennan was going to put that on the menu, so I decided (laughs) to go a little more of a traditional route and called it the um, just the drunken raclette. And the reason for that is that I used, um, you know. The, the, the sandwich was potato and cornichon and raclette um, and then of course the onions that were caramelized in whiskey giving it the drunken moniker and it was delicious it was I mean all the grilled cheese sandwiches were very tasty but yours was by, was far and away Thank yeah you. just it was the clear winner it was really good and so actually if anyone's listening in you can actually go to artisanal um, for this entire month and get this grilled cheese sandwich. It's now on their menu. Um, 
And when you purchase the grilled cheese, part of your um, purchase goes to charity, a charity that Liz uh, suggested. And um, remind me again. Which it one? is the, um, the the New York Center for Animal Care and Control. So it gives all the abandoned kitties and all the dogs good homes and adoptions and all that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, so what about, let's like circle the wagons a little bit. Like grilled cheese is obviously, you know, super comfort food. Um, oh, were you going to say something No, else? I was going to pass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I'm just trying to think because, um, you know, there are many, many ways that people can cook with cheese, but I feel like um, it's sometimes, yeah, it's kind of like a, a daunting, a daunting thing. I mean, desserts are an obvious, um, you know, choice. Maybe we can like come up with some categories. Of, uh, of how people can use cheese in different parts of a meal. I think soup is <clears throat> soup is a place where cheese can definitely be used um, either mixed in or just like added on at the end, you know, like on top. It's mm. a great, great to have a gooey ceiling uh, on your soup. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, also adding to the categories, we should talk about um, what makes like a good cooking cheese and like what you should look for in the store and like what melts well and, and those sort of characteristics. Yeah, well, maybe um, maybe that's a good place to start. And then we could start talking about different categories. Um, for me, a good cooking cheese is pretty much any cheese, really. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite ways to use, you know, use up cheese and there tends to be a lot of it in my fridge and a lot of it is in really bad shape, actually, because we get a lot of it at the store and I take a bunch of it home for, you know, that have been given to us as samples and then it gets like moldy and terrible. If someone looked at my refrigerator, they would not believe that I sold cheese for a living. <laughs> but so every once in a while I have like this day of reckoning where I just cut all the mold off the cheese. I just grate all of it and then I make a giant macaroni and cheese casserole. Oh my God. Um, and so the, into that casserole, casserole, any cheese will go. It does not matter what kind of cheese it is. I will put it. In, I will put it in my mac and, and cheese. When are you serving that? When are you? When is that on special? Because <laughs> that's the day that I want to come. Yeah, we'll have to have like a special dinner party. I don't know if I'm like legally allowed to sell or serve that to anybody I'll at make the Essex cheese. Market. You can make macaroni and cheese casserole. You can. Put a, make a whole combination of recipes and we'll be... <laughs> totally, totally. But I think in general, people when people think of cooking cheeses, they think of cheeses like raclette or like um, fontina or, um, you know, cheeses that melt well, gruyere, um, you know, to use in a, in a quiche or um, something like that, or frittata. Um, I don't know, ricotta seems to be a cheese that people cook with a lot in a lot of different applications. And then, of course, the hard grating cheeses, you know, Parmesan and Romano and things like that. Those are always easily sort of shaved on top of a salad or a pasta for a nice uh, effect. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? Are there any other sort of cooking cheeses that I'm leaving out? I guess blue cheese could be. Um, I love, um, like, real creamy, like, triple cream gooey gooey I love like breeze and you know things of that category um you know the gooier the better as far as I'm concerned I mean I do love the hard cheeses but I'm definitely like a total soft cheese fiend um so I mean you know I feel like on like on pizzas and obviously on grilled cheeses it just makes for just the decadent 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 sandwich or you know or you know or pizza like a delicious love it yeah 
Yeah. And Sarah, were you going to say something else about other kinds of cooking cheeses? I was just going to say that I think like, um, I feel like the harder, harder cheeses get kind of a bum rap as cooking cheeses because people don't think that they melt that well. But I mean, I think if you're looking maybe for a different texture, like a melty, melty cheese is great for getting like the gooey strings. But if you want something like I love it when you kind of like grate a really hard cheddar and you kind of do it like in an open face style where the cheese almost becomes translucent without necessarily just becoming strings. Like to me, that texture is a really beautiful texture of cheese that doesn't get enough credit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use those hard cheeses yeah. when you cook. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. So, um, all right. So we talked a little bit about categories. So we talked about soup. Um, I feel like salads, you know. Uh, oh, Sarah, were you going to say I was just going to say, too, like, when you're cooking with trees, I, I do feel like it's better to go with something that has a little bit more robust flavor rather than just something bland where you're just going to get the texture without, like, the added boost of, like, either the tanginess or the nuttiness of the cheese. So, I mean, I think most people in America are used to cooking with cheese whatever you get at the supermarket and you don't necessarily get a great return on putting that cheese on your on your food that you might get from from like a stronger um more artisanal cheese so maybe you might not be able to use as much of it but you're gonna get like more bang for your buck yeah, yeah, actually, that that reminds me. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second because <laughs> pre-grated cheese yes. of any kind, ah, oh, is the worst. It's not it's, okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And people come to the shop all the time, and they're like, "Can you know? Can I buy some Parmesan?" And I say yes, and I show them our big, beautiful wedge of Parmesan. And they're like, "Oh, you don't have it grated?" And I'm like, "What? You want the oxidized, weird crap that's been sitting on the shelf, like becoming tasteless for the past however long? You know, great." your cheese fresh or you know buying a freshly cut wedge of cheese whenever you're cooking definitely makes a difference and also what about the rind because you can definitely cook with rinds of cheese so I want to make sure we talk about that has anyone done it how do you do it all that good stuff I cannot even understand the people that when you have, there's a cheese plate and they cut around the rind. Or they hollow out the middle I, of the brie. I, it gives me anxiety sometimes. <laughs> like I just, it makes me nervous. Um, it's not normal. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I, I cook, I use the rind always um, if, if it's, if it's a, an eatable rind. I mean, for the most part, I love the washed rinds. Um, I love the, just the texture of it and the sound it makes when you... You know, when you little when you, crystalline yeah, sort of exactly. Uh-huh. I, did, I did not even know how to put that into words, but thank you for that. You did that. <laughs> um, Grayson is a grilled cheese is a is a cheese that I've used in grilled cheeses, and the rind just works so well. Um, it really just like it said, it adds a texture to it um, that you wouldn't normally expect. So it's not like this totally ooey gooey just stinky you know it's got that real that little crystal to it and that little bit of you know whatever I guess whatever you want to call that flavor that you get from the rind a little bitter maybe and it's Mm. it's, you know I I wish more people were rind friendly um, because whenever there's a block of cheese around you know my friends they all cut it I'm like I'll take that. Give me that. I'll eat it. <laughs> Save the Lasarena. I just went through a whole block of that uh, today. This week, um, I had a nice chunk of it, and you know the rind on that is like it's really really tasty. And, and I had a friend that was just kind of like picking at it. I'm like, you're missing the best part. It's really 
the rind, more people need to cook with it. Absolutely. I would say, too, especially in a grilled cheese, the rind can create such a nice contrast. You know, like um, some of our cheeses that have a more natural rind, it's almost got like a mustiness to it or a mushroomy quality. And you combine that with like the tanginess of the cheese, you're just going to taste that cheese more for having that rind there. Um, and and also like some of our cheeses, the harder ones that have like a like a more, you know, the rind might be a little tougher to get through, but... It, it definitely, like, it. you get that little, like, chewiness in your teeth, and it, it, it fights back against you a little bit. So you got to earn your sandwich, you know? Yeah, it's, it's toothsome, yeah. to use the Steve Jenkins word. That's yeah. like, I, he gave a talk a couple years ago. He has a great vocabulary, by the way. Steve Jenkins, <laughs> author of The Cheese Primer and hilarious guy. But, um, yeah, toothsome is, is one of my favorite words to describe cheese. Um, but another thing to do with rinds, um, actually, Patrick, my husband, and I were at a dinner party the other week, and um, the hosts were talking about making a stock out of cheese rinds, and not just Parmesan rinds. They said they would throw any rind in their fridge my into that stock. That. She does that when she makes her chicken soup. I'm sorry, yeah, she, my grandma puts, like, she is the quintessential italian grandma that just buys the wedges of parmesan that are like bigger than my head (laughs) and she will just take the rind and throw it in whatever soup that she makes and it is it it really adds and then the rind itself like cooks down and gets oh now you're making me think now i'm now i'm gonna have to call my grandma (laughs) everybody should call their grandma yes she's gonna need she's gonna need to make me some of that soon now thanks for putting that in my head (laughs) Another thing, too, just in terms of throwing bits and pieces in to, you know, a pot and making it into something is like, um, I actually haven't tried this. I've just read about it, but I've been sort of personally salivating since I read about it recently was the fromage fort where you oh, yeah. you throw all your rinds and whatever little bits you've gotten to a food processor. You add a little white wine and some garlic and you mash it up. And it becomes a spreadable I mean, come rindy. On. What's better than that? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I feel I feel like a lot of these recipes um, come you know, I feel like it's it's cool because it comes from not wanting to be wasteful. Whether it's yeah. your grilled cheese sandwiches, um, you know, combining some fun ingredients that you have sitting around your house or, you know, turning the rinds into soup or the fromage for um, there's some it doesn't yeah nobody who's listening to this show can ever have the excuse again of Oh, I had all these weird cheese bits in the back of my fridge, and I just had to throw them all away. Like, no, you can't do that. Never. (laughs) Um, Well, what about favorite cheese um, dishes? Do you guys have, like, a dish that sticks out in your mind as being, like, the, oh, my God, like, super tasty and delicious? I can go first, because I have one that I was thinking about. Um, There is... um, uh, and this is a thing in France, but I've never had it in France. They make it at Minetta Tavern here in the city. It's called Pommes Aligo. And um, it's basically a combination of mashed potatoes and fondue, where they um, mash the potatoes and then they whip them with, um, in their case, they use cheese curds, which are like young cheddar. They have a very elastic kind of ribbony texture. And so when you take a spoonful of this stuff, they serve it in a little cast iron pot. And you take a spoonful and it's just this ribbony, potatoey, cheesy mess. And I could eat the whole thing without realizing what had happened and be extremely happy about it. Um, I guess kind of it's kind of funny that you just kind of the cheese and potato thing seems to work all around. When I was in high school, like the thing to do was, you know, after everybody was 
what midnight or so, like late night, we would go to this diner and everybody would get disco fries, which was, you know, French fries, cheese and gravy, like, you know, the New Jersey version of Poutine. Yeah. Exactly, right. <laughs> Except at the time, I would never have been able... We called them disco fries. We didn't call it poutine. Um, but, you know, since then, I've obviously had many, many, many poutines. I had a dish in Seattle last summer at Quinn's, which I really haven't been able to stop thinking about. It was their version of poutine with a huge piece of foie gras just oh, oh it was um and it's literally i every time someone that i know is going to seattle I've, i tell them you must go to quinn's it's off the menu you have to um <laughs> you have to ask for it um another off the menu item that we actually me and my sister here just had um a couple weeks ago for my birthday was the mac and cheese at the waverly inn um, with the truffles? Yes, with the truffles. Uh, the $85 portion of mac and cheese. Um, you know, somehow when he said the price, I didn't even, I didn't even blink. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was, I mean, there's not even a word. My sister, who has been a vegan for a few years, has, has come back to her senses as I like to say and now she's eating cheese again and you know she's sitting there eating this pack of cheese saying oh my god this is like one of the best things I've ever eaten and it really and truly was it was a special 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 dish so those would be my my choices that's awesome Um, yeah good good choices both (laughs) um kind of like uh and the pasta theme I guess I'd have to say like you know, a really, really, really good cacho e pepe where you're just dealing with straight up pasta and simple cheese, um, where you really, you get like the pasta almost cooking the cheese itself while you're eating it, that kind of thing. I just like that sort of like, you know, the simplicity of it, but also the satisfaction that you get from getting all of the like gooey cheese and with like a spice of pepper. Mm. That makes me happy. Yeah, sometimes the simplest things yeah. are the best things. Oh, man. Well, we are almost out of time. These shows always go by too fast. Um, but uh, so, well, we want to mention, first of all, that we are making grilled cheese sandwiches now at Saxelby Cheesemongers. Uh, we just started it in April. We didn't even know it was National Grilled Cheese Month when we started, but it was very serendipitous. <laughs> so you can come visit us now anytime for grilled cheese sandwich. And we change the menu every week. I believe this week we have the, the scapegoat on the menu, which which is a uh, goat cheese, um, a little slice of prosciutto uh, from uh, actually Sam Edwards, uh, one of the sponsors of Heritage Radio Network, the Suriano ham, a little bit of thyme, and of course, um, very um, heavily buttered bread, which makes everything good. Um, And so uh, Sarah and Liz, I was just hoping you could tell our listeners more about your website. So if people want to learn more about Recipe Relay or the grilled cheese experiment, they know where to find you. Well, you can find Recipe Relay at <clears throat> sorry, RecipeRelay.com or we're on Facebook, Recipe Relay, and Twitter. It's pretty catchy, so yeah. <laughs> easy to remember. Uh, yep, yeah, same. I think we're all kind of on the same social networks. I've got my uh, my Twitter account, which is GrilledCheese underscore E, which you can follow all my foodie adventures and all my cheese excursions. Um and the grilled cheese experiment. Um I've got a Tumblr site and I've the website is 
is being done as we speak. Um, I have a photographer working on some stuff and my web designer. So that will be up and running soon. Um, yeah, and Facebook too. Um, Girl Cheese Experiments up there. And you can always search me too. I'm probably up there a lot as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you, ladies. This has been an inspiring hour of, of um, inventive cheese cookery. I'm really hungry. I don't know about you guys. Starving. I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to have you guys both back on a future show so we can continue to, you know, come up with uh, come up with cheesy recipe ideas. But uh, for now, this is it. And we'll see you next Monday for another episode of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Sexton. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.